1: Welcome to the Attraction HQ podcast where we look at love, sex, dating, relationships, how you can have more of them, how they can be better quality, how you can feel inspired and become a better person within yourself by ignoring conventional dating advice, taking outside strategies and perspectives and striving to become the most real, authentic, honest and sexiest version of yourself. Alright, so welcome back to another episode of my podcast, my name is and I'm here to disrupt your ideas around love, sex, dating, and relationships. Now, this podcast is so awesome, and I'm so excited to have this guest on today. I'm using it for both the men and the women's version, so usually I'm like, hey girls, or hey guys, but today everyone's getting lumped with the same thing, okay? Hey people. Hey people. So we're up to the people, and joined, you hear those dulcet tones, that is Ralph Sutton, host of the SDR show, and many other wonderful things.
2: Thank you for having me, young lady.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, now See, so here's where I get a bunch of comments saying Ralph and Haley had sex. No, we didn't. Not yet, anyway. <laughs> Ralph, get well. Yes, that was you said that was because I, I actually appeared on Ralph's show last night with my uh, my friend Genevieve, and he said you said at the time that your goal was both of us in your bed. By well, the end and, of the and your friend,
2: what was her name? Martina. She's Martina. so cute. My God. Oh my
1: gosh, yeah, Martina's done on my podcast as well. Oh,
2: she's so pretty.
1: Yeah, she is very. She pretty.
2: made me nervous. Really? No, girls don't make me nervous. Isn't that weird? <laughs> I don't know. I think that's one of the big problems that guys get too nervous around people.
1: I think people get too nervous yeah. or feel really uncomfortable saying what they want. Now, the SDR show for the uninitiated, I really would recommend you check it out. It is outrageous. I feel like, oh my God, I need more stuff on this podcast. It stands for sex, drugs, and rock and roll, all of which are represented within the podcast.
2: Very, very uh, truthfully as well. I got abundantly.
1: Abundantly. I'm hungover today. <laughs> I like to say, it's a Tuesday morning, and it like Ralph goes in. It's always taped on a Monday night, and it yeah. goes out every Monday. And honestly, Tuesday morning, like... I'm like, oh my goodness, I feel like I've had a really, really heavy Saturday night. I'm barely stringing sentences together now for the podcast. Your fault.
2: Yeah, and I've been up at 6 a.m. and already went to the gym. So, and I'm almost double your age. So, that tells you a big difference between the two of us.
1: Yes. (laughs) I have to say, I'm one of these, for any of you, if you ever meet me, I'm a complete lightweight. I'm like two drinks and I'm like down and out. I'm one of those I'll make a mental
2: note for that when I do finally try and have sex with you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm lovely. So (laughs) what I liked about the sex strikes in rock and roll, this is my favourite bit of the whole show, and I might like just semi-steal it now, is at the end of it, you ask the same things. You ask for first-time experiences Mm -hmm. with... Sex, drugs, and a concert, right? right? Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And I thought that was so amazing because a lot of the time people don't even talk, begin to talk openly about their first kind of bridging into adulthood mm-hmm. experiences. What made you de- decide to develop the show kind of around that theme? And can you tell people a bit more about your background? Because sure. Even I don't know that much.
2: Okay, so i still start with my background as a very weird background. Uh, I started out, I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. I was a break dancer In a break dancing movie Which is hard to believe Looking what? at me right now What? A and, movie called Crush Groove Which is and, hilarious And
1: you're Jewish and you know a lot about bagels
2: Jew, I'm Jewish and know a lot about bagels That's true And um Then I made a weird transition into computers and computer hacking, and I was wanted by the FBI at 16, which is crazy. Uh, And then I started getting into uh, running rock clubs. I did that for a long time as a promoter for nightclubs and rock clubs, and then became a strip club DJ for a long time, ran a French restaurant for five years. I mean, look, I'm old, so I have a lot of experience, a lot of life experience. (laughs) And then uh, I've been doing radio for 10 years, where I have a nationally syndicated rock radio show. It's on about 50 stations from Maine to Hawaii called The Tour Bus, and that's been on the air about 10 years, predominantly 80s rock, but new rock as well, and host a lot of rock concerts and festivals like the Ship Rock Cruise, the Motorhead Cruise. I'm going to M3, which is a Maryland rock festival at the end of the month for about 25,000 people that I'm hosting. And... The SDR show started with me hosting a couple of rock events, and I met the comedian Big J Okerson, who pitched the idea of us doing a show together as a podcast. And I thought podcasting is for people that can't do radio, and I'm already in radio, so why are you bothering me? But started reading about how much... Podcasts are becoming important right. and people listen and blah, blah, blah. So I pitched the idea of SDR because it was going to be a morning show that I was going to do years ago. So I already had the URL, the imaging, the graphic, mm-hmm. and we just started it. And that, that's how it started. And then the first thing came on our first episode. I said, let's tell our story. Just Jay and I, our first, this is the first episode. Let's tell our first sex, drugs, and rock and roll experience. And then Jay said at the end, we should ask the guest every week that because it's so interesting. And that's how it came about. That's the long-winded answer.
1: That, that's not long-winded. I'm like French restaurant, computer hacking. It's yeah, a it's lot like, of weird things. Yeah, you know what? I've done a lot of weird careers as well. I have to say, I've been everything from I think antique dealer. That's, really, that was one of the more weird ones. Dishwasher fitness model back in the day
2: (laughs) back in the day you're in your 20s how back in the day could it be well
1: you know you've you've stacked a lot into that period of time so i you know and also i had some run-ins with the rock music industry in the uk like Mm -hmm. i have to say i remember and i put this down as a formative experience i was in college i was 17 years old and i did i was doing english literature class and my english literature class looked out on this like walkway and it was the walkway that led down to the music department. Mm-hmm. So I used to see all the music guys going, and that was like—I think there was some imprinting or something happened That's there. That's
2: how you picked out the men you were going to date to see which uh, ones were walking down there. I mean,
1: yeah, but yeah, literally, <laughs> pink shoelaces, boy, was like a, was like a, a real thing. And since then, I had this—I've had this honestly. I was like, I've gotten over it. I'm out of it. I'm not interested anymore. But I've gone through this period of time where I've just—I solely dated musicians.
2: The bad boy aspect days. that turned you on.
1: You know what? One—the first one. And this was actually, I think, uh, this was actually my true first concert experience. Uh, He was a kind of relatively minor drum and bass and electro DJ, but I was really into that niche music at the time. When I was like 18 years old, my then boyfriend took him to this DJ set. I pushed my way to the front of the crowd, uh, jumped around and he hid his phone number on a credit card and I put it into my bra. And then we begun this love affair that went on and I ended up dating like my favorite DJ um, for five years. But I have to say for a DJ, he was the most straight laced person I've ever met, you know, like would not. Uh, Would not break, would not speed, uh, would never ever consider doing drugs. Was early to bed every night. So yeah, how old was he? He was, I think, I dated him from when he was twenty-eight to thirty-two.
2: Okay, and you were eighteen.
1: Yeah, wow, yeah. look at you. I know. There's hope for
2: me yet. He liked the older guys.
1: <laughs> Provocative to the last. <laughs> and then I springboarded off of that. Then I end up dating someone uh, who is was uh, status, status quo, not a member of status quo, that'd be too old, but one of their sons. And then my last guy was in the rock music industry. So basically, I've had to break. You have break. a love
2: affair for musicians, is what you're saying.
1: Yeah, you know what? It's a habit of a lifetime that I've gone about. That's why I literally had to do, I think it was a key component of six months celibacy. Was like, I was like, no more musicians. I was like, you know what? If he's Got long hair. If he plays a guitar, I don't want to bloody know.
2: Oh, all right. Well, that just ruled <laughs> me out, I guess.
1: <laughs> so, when we're talking about, I kind of wanted to f- fish around and get a bit more of that, that experiences, because I guess you talk really openly about, you know, sex and dating and relationships uh-huh. and your love life, and obviously. What do you call it? Is it Dick
2: Tales? Dick Tales. Dick. The theme is to Duck tales, which I don't know if you are. Uh, was that no, in the No, I remember, I remember okay. Duck tales. We remember changed duck the tales. theme. but we, you know, It's the same theme, but we changed it to Dick tales, where we tell uh, anything that happened that, since the last episode, if either of us, Jay has a bisexual girlfriend, and they bring girls home, so they'll tell those stories. I'm single, so if I happen to have anything happen, I will tell those stories. Some weeks, it doesn't happen. so Some weeks, there, there isn't a Dick tale, if neither one of us have one to tell. Okay, that's good. When you were there last night, it, we both happened to have one. So it kind of was like a little bit more of an initiation for right. you.
1: Right. So yeah, so with your your love life, that's <laughs> you speak really openly about it and I have to say uh and I will say this again with Ralph when I first heard about Ralph and you know he came from our our lovely shared publicist lady called Lainey Uh, she described him to me and I was like I don't think I'm going to like this guy because I hear the word on the street was he only dates bisexual women and that you know that makes me think uh oh he's selecting women on grounds of whether they'll let him have sex with other women and that immediately got my back up and I was like I'm going to freaking hate this dude Uh, (laughs) then we had a couple of radio shows what we did together and we pretty much unilaterally disagreed on everything and everything but you know what I said I'm I'm warming up to you. I know I think you're actually pretty all right. Thank you. <laughs> I
2: think you're pretty all right yourself, young lady. You know yeah. and, you
1: know I have to say what I like about Ralph Is he is He is what he is You know And I have to say Those are the kind of people I always gel with the best And I also think uh, Whether you're a woman And you're looking out there At least If someone is straight up And honest You freaking know Where you stand Right I know I
2: used to. One of my friends Who I actually decided I couldn't be friends with anymore Because he was too shady He never did any drugs Of any kind Never drank or anything like that So screw him No I'm kidding He would keep Um cocaine, weed, alcohol, ecstasy in his apartment because if a girl wanted it for that night he pretended, oh yeah, I'll do co-. he he would do it what? just so he could get in the girl's pants. Oh man. And also he would be the kind to tell every girl like he'd write them poetry, but it'd be the same poetry and just <laughs> we'll change the, the name. name, you know. And <laughs> I was like, dude, it's it's so immoral and disgusting just to do whatever you have to do to get a girl into bed is not me. I very honest, I will Answer, I very often will say to a girl, Don't ask, and I say this in live, don't ask a question that you don't want to hear the potential answer to. Like, Have you been sleeping with anyone else? is usually a bad question to ask unless you're in a relationship. If you're just started casually dating, you don't want to know the answer to that question. You just want to know the answer if the answer is no.
1: Right, so well, you I would here's what I would do so if, if you're a woman listening to this, here's what I would say. instead of asking the guy about this, I would say, get in touch with what your own parameters are and when you expect things like sex, commitment, monogamy, all that stuff. Get it anywhere and then communicate that. Yeah, have that discussion.
2: Don't, don't get mad at a guy for sleeping with someone else if you've never had that conversation that right, we're going to okay. be exclusive. And, and I
1: know that the women that I listen to this are be like, you know, and I have to say, you know what it's like. It's so annoying. You're there and you you've have an intimate connection with a guy. Maybe you've kind of allowed yourself to think that he's committed to you because you, you really are attached to him and you like him. You never have the talk because it feels awkward to bring it up. And then at some point it comes up and you feel heartbroken that he's been with other people. And then he gets to hold his hands in the air and say, Well, we never spoke about it. And the thing is, as much as it, you know, we want to blame the guy and be like, How could he? We have to take personal responsibility. Personal responsibility is cool. So, you know what? If that's really important to you, and right now it's like, It's important to me. Get it out there and right. don't be afraid of whatever your particular preference is. And if
2: he's not interested in being uh, exclusive with you, then he's not the right guy for you. Right. I mean, that's just it. It's just so simple. It's just we, <laughs> we, we build these things up to be far more complicated than they need to be. In fact, I mean, it's an embarrassing story, but whatever. There was a girl that was uh, sleeping here, uh, something over maybe a week ago. And then she came over two days, ago, two days after, right? Right. But there was a night in, maybe three days after. Uh, the night in between, I went on another date with a girl who slept over also. Okay? So you follow that? Mm-hmm. The girl in between had forgotten, didn't have a toothbrush. So she used, I have extra toothbrushes in the, in the bathroom. So it was hanging on the toothbrush holder. So when the girl came back, it was very obvious that someone else had been there. Mm. Does that make sense? Yes, yeah. And she actually, which I give her credit, she joked about it. She's like, ah, mm-hmm. obviously someone else was here, huh? I said, yeah. yeah it must yeah. be on Tuesday, not yeah, go for it. Exactly. Yeah. So she actually gave She didn't get mad. She's like, yeah, I guess, you know, we're, we're dating other people. Who am I to judge? And I'm like, all right, cool. You know, and that was the end of it. Because we've had a very open discussion about that. We are just keeping it light. Right. So neither one of us felt awkward. It was just a funny thing that happened and we moved on. And I saw her again a week later, so she's not angry about it. Like she said, acted like it was fine and then said and and here's the
1: problem is if you hold in what your boundaries are and then you get disappointed. It's your own fault. You're gonna yeah, but you're gonna feel really emotionally agitated about that, and then the whole that that's when the whole thing is gonna crash and burn. In fact, you wanna relatively objectively this is my opinion anyway, be able to stay relatively early on what your parameters are around things. And it could be as simple as saying, you know, it's like, look, you know, of course, if I like someone, I want to build a, you know, build a proper relationship with them. That's kind of what I'm interested in. Or if I'm investing my time in someone, I just want to be with them. Or you know what? I'm kind of feeling quite free at the moment. I'm really enjoying exploring. All of those sentences are fine. And the key component here is you say... I. It's not, what do you want? What are you looking for? Are you sleeping with other people? Because the ball is in the wrong park then.
2: Yeah, and there's no right or wrong answer to what you want. But you just need to find someone that agrees with that in any any aspect of your life. And I
1: really like, can I say, I really like what you said about if he doesn't want the committed thing and that's what you want, imagining this is women, um, then he's not the right guy for you. And how many times, if I had a pound or a dollar for every time I'd heard someone... Thanks
2: for Americanizing it there. Yeah,
1: my pleasure. Uh, Every time I'd heard someone say, he's the perfect guy... But he just won't commit. Then I'm like, you know what? His level of emotional commitment, and if he w- if someone wants the same relationship model as you, whether it's commitment or not or any of the grey areas in between, that is one of like the most important components that you need to have in common. So if you do not have that in common, he's definitely not the perfect guy for you. That's like it. That's like a big mismatch. And then it's the grace is to let it go if that's there's going to be a real clash.
2: There's a very famous quote. I forgot who said it, but it's such a. Uh an accurate statement, everything before the, but is meaningless. So he's great. He's amazing. He's awesome. But, and then the truth comes out. He doesn't want a commitment. He, whatever. So it's really get rid of that first part of the statement and just go with what comes after the, but.
1: Right. I like that and take ownership of it. Yeah, exactly. And so if we're going to flip this around and cause we've spoken a little bit, I think that's a bit of advice for women there about laying your cards on the table and you know, what? it's cool. You can literally say, you know what? It's just, I'm, you know, I want to bring this up because I have to be honest. Like, if I've if I'm with someone and I'm with I find them with somebody else, that would really hurt me, and I just don't want to even open up that can of worms right. or get into that kind of discussion or argument, you know. And then you know what you can be clear, objective, cut and dry. And then the knack, the real knack, is letting it go if it doesn't work out, and not being too attached to a particular outcome with a particular person, right. you know. And,
2: and I think like uh, I was going to say, sorry, I thought I heard something. Uh, that there is no. Sometimes you just. This is a hard lesson for me to learn. I really didn't really embrace it till I was about thirty-five which is you're not going to always get closure. You're not going to always get the answer you want. Sometimes you just have to say, okay, and move on.
1: Yeah, my first phrase on closure is it's a one-way process, not a two-way process. (laughs) It's like if you're literally, if you're waiting for the other person to like, you you know, and it's always the way, isn't it, when a relationship ends. You're like, maybe if I write them that letter or maybe we have that one discussion, maybe they'll finally see my perspective. And you know what? They're inhabiting their own mind and their own body. They're never going to be fully on board with your worldview. That's just how it is they're never going to probably come around and go you know what you were completely right and you're probably never going to get the feeling that everything is resolved and you've been fully understood closure happens on your side it's when you go you know what N- done yeah. end Fin. you know <laughs> and that's it book chapter close and you know what i think the nature of human relationships is they are like especially a really really you know big or significant or emotionally important one you never get really like a neat tie up at the end. No. You only get your own ability to detach Yeah, you have it. to be
2: able to move on. And that's the key, I think, to happiness in so many ways. <laughs> right. Is just to be able to say, all right, well, I'm going to move on now. And that makes a big difference.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think letting it go. And also, I think for the women out there, another to incentivize you more, or a guy, you know, if you've got a woman that's messing you around and isn't giving you what you want and need and your needs aren't being fulfilled your time is your most valuable asset, right? Like, that is definitely finite for us all. You know, human nature, human condition, blah, blah, blah. Um, What we can do is if you recognise that that is your most valuable thing to spend, if you then save time by letting go of a bad situation or doing the breakup or recognising the right time to walk away or let it go, not in a plate-smashing, (laughs) close-out-the-window way, preferably, hopefully in a like a, you know what, this just isn't for me, let it go. If you could do that, you don't get bogged down in things that aren't serving you for you know epic amounts of time.
2: Yeah, I drive uh, I've driven rather women crazy in my life cuz I don't get angry and crazy. When something is not working out, I'd be like, "Okay, uh this is not for me i'm sorry and walk away and there was a girl once that was calling me constantly like i just realized this she was too crazy i don't want to be in this relationship because she was too i don't hate to use stereotypes but like your stereotypical hot-blooded latin woman who would just flip off the handle for no reason and i just it was funny in the beginning but then i was like all right i can't do this and she would call me and screaming and yelling like you motherfucker, and i'd be like hmm i hear your points (laughs) And I just don't think this I, is for me. I,
1: I've, can I say I've got a really good? Uh, it's a. Re- I, I learned this from one of my friends actually, who's in business, and this mm-hmm. is how you're, you're supposed to talk to people if you're like communicating your feelings in mm-hmm. a non-angry way. You're meant to say, "I observe." So instead of saying, "You didn't call me," right, you say, "I observe." That uh, that you did not return my calls. Right. It's like an objective statement, rather than you didn't return my calls. Are you with somebody else? Then you're saying uh, I feel. So you'd say, you know, I feel hurt.
2: Yeah, it's always put on yourself, right? Exactly.
1: By that, Uh, uh, I, you know, I need to feel like I'm able to contact the person I'm dating and for them to respond to me. I request that next time I do this, if you could just, even if you're unavailable, if you could just let me know. And that's what you're supposed to do. You literally go, I upset, which is it's rubbish. No argument will ever go down like this. Yeah. But as an idealistic thing to be able to, first of all, say I. So you take full Always ownership.
2: say I. That's like a Socrates thing. Always yeah. put it on you, you know? Well,
1: yeah, I think, you know what? Because I think this is one of my big bones that i have to pick with dating especially girl date female dating advice a lot of the time it actually disempowers women by shifting responsibility elsewhere like oh you just picked bad guy right you know or he was a bad guy or you haven't you haven't met the one yet and i'm like hang on a second I'm sure you're contributing some way to this interaction. And if you honestly think that you've just met a load of really rubbish men and they've really screwed you Yeah, you take you ownership over.
2: at one point. If you've met 12 shitty guys in a row, maybe it's not just them.
1: Right. And you know what? That's actually good because you, then you remove the luck element. It's not like you're unlucky in love. Like, what a rubbish statement. Instead, if you go, actually, I probably made some really bad decisions there and there were warning signs and boundaries that didn't get in place. Then guess what? You have the power to change it. Fantastic. Right. So responsibility, I think, for all aspects of dating is good. Good.
2: One of the things I used to do to girls is I would, text, uh, I would text them. After they didn't respond to me, if I texted and they didn't respond, I would text, you know, I texted you three times, did you get my messages? And they text me, oh, I only got one. I said, well, you still didn't respond. Like, even though I only sent one, you know, it was like calling them out on that because they, they immediately was, oh, no, I only got one text. I said, right, and you didn't respond to that. I only sent one. And just a way of cha- flipping it so it makes them realize, yeah, you're being, uh, you know, disingenuous.
1: Right, sort. I like that because I actually would advise my guys that actually if you if you get a message or a call that's ignored... Don't just go back and just let that go and let that right. slide because immediately you lose respect. Then in the interaction, you teach people
2: how to teach, how to treat you.
1: Yeah, right. And if you, you know, what if the respect is gone, that relationship is in the bin anyway because she's she's never going to be that attracted to you. So I bet I bet some of those women turned around and were more attracted to you. Yeah,
2: I've actually written articles for a website called uh, Social Underground. Yeah, I would love to send them to you. You probably hate me so even more if it's possible. But about the way to interact with women and the way to take ownership of, and and I don't want to say control, but like control of your own self and and, and how you interact is is so important in life, I think, and not just in relationships, but in business, in in interactions with friends. Like the the simplest thing of if someone's always showing up late to a dinner party, like let's say you're getting three or four friends together and you always know that Johnny shows up 30 minutes late. So you've tried tricks like telling him it's at 7.30 when it's at 8.00. So eventually you need to make a decision. Do I like Johnny enough that I don't care that he shows up late all the time and just accept him for who he is? Or is it so annoying that I have to move on? But the thing you can't do is just keep bitching about it. Right. Because you're allowing that person in your life. So it's one or the other.
1: Right. And here's what I would say. I always distrust or think that it's a good move to stay away from. I, I think this is not... These are not my words, but it was... Uh, somebody else said them. It's like a bitch born or bitch bred. Somebody who is unable to be really upfront or unable to be upfront about what they want and instead they snark around behind people's backs you know like that guy that you mentioned earlier who just you know those are those are
0: the people
2: many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care Who oh, you yes. are, Jonathan? By the way,
1: <laughs> these are the people—genuinely male and female—to the men and women listeners, these are the ones you have to watch watch out for. You know, if you get someone in front of you and who holds their hands up and goes, "Look, I'm not ready for a relationship," or "Hey, I, yep, I did do that thing," you know, right. and they take responsibility and they're candid about it, you That's know, what? the at guy least, you want to keep—that's yeah. the guy, you,
2: or at least you know, like I actually, I am friends with pretty much every woman I've ever dated for more than, let's say, six months. And the reason is I've never done anything scummy. I cheated on a girl once 20 years ago. That's the only time I've ever done anything really wrong to a girl. And it still bothers me to this day that I did that. I'm so much more just honest. And if, I, if I'm if i at a point where I'm like, man, I really want to be with other women now for some reason then the worst thing you could do is cheat and sneak around. Just be honest because obviously your brain is telling you something. Either you're missing something in the relationship that needs to be addressed or you want to move on. It's one or the other, but cheating doesn't resolve anything.
1: No, cheating is just like a passive-aggressive way of trying... It's like a get-out clause. Yeah. I think when I've cheated in the past, which, I again, I don't think about, think about fondly, and I don't think I would... I,
2: you don't lament about it, like, with putting your toe in the sand no, and smiling?
1: No, I Like, you know, I kind of think cheating is one of those things, like, I've literally given up on it. Like, yeah. not using a coaster and, you know, being like <laughs> it, I think it's just like an immature response. Because basically, as you said, you've acknowledged that something is up in the relationship you can't really fully have the you don't have the courage or the communication skills, the awareness to address it, and so you effectively act out. Right, and it's it's just not it's not smart and it's not helpful to anyone. And I think actually that the people that you know for men and women trust that you know if a woman says to you, look, mate, you know I'm I don't see you in that way, but I do like this, and she's upfront right from the start, and she actually responds to your messages and is clear. Awesome woman. Likewise, if a guy is there. Okay, he, he doesn't want the same thing as you. That's his choice. He's allowed to have that as a choice. You know, there's no one has to be forced the same thing. But if he lays his cards on the table and makes an effort to not mess you around, again, probably an all right human to right. have in your life. The people that you absolutely have to be like, regi- the ones that you really want to get rid of, the ones that sneakily omit information they just leave stuff out they like shadily twist things around or only show you certain aspects of themselves or deliberately mislead or anyone that can't hold their hands up to what they do like that's the person
2: there's a girl that um, one of my ex-girlfriends that i'm still friends with she was dating a guy for the past i don't know let's say four months five months i don't remember exactly how long and he wouldn't add her on facebook Uh -uh. so i said are you Fucking crazy! Like, and then she like started a fake profile to watch him. I'm like, are you? You know, you're 12. I mean, what are you doing here? This this guy's telling you all you need to know. He's hiding something from you because if you're not friends with him on Facebook or Instagram, and he's and it's one thing if he doesn't have an active social media. That's right. fine, but he was very active and he just was doing other things and didn't want her to see and that tells you everything you need to know. Right. And she was rationalizing it somehow. Well, it's his work, and he doesn't... You're just you're crazy.
1: Yeah, I think that... I like that statement. Tells you all you need to know. And again, it's like one of those things. Sometimes you don't get a clear answer. You don't have someone sat there in front of you going, hey, I'm not ready for this, or I don't see you in that way. But something in their behavior is so glaringly obvious that instead of, here's here's what you shouldn't do, waste your time and energy doing stuff like creating fake Facebook profiles. The second you do that stuff, you've got to go... Obviously, there's something in this situation that's making me feel so insecure or so unhappy. Right. A big need here isn't being fulfilled. Acknowledge it. Walk away. (laughs) I have the
2: (laughs) problem where I walk away pretty early. If I see Because I think also, and I've, I've used this analogy a lot, but when I was a kid, I'd walk into a delicatessen and say, give me a turkey sandwich. And whatever came, I was happy with. And I think that's kind of like when you're 18 and dating people, you're just happy with whoever comes along. A guy's just happy to use his penis. But as you get older... You say, you know what? I want the low-sodium turkey. Can you put it on multi-grain bread? I like the, the spicy mustard, not the regular. Because you've learned what you like. And All you right. learn what makes you happy. And that's the same truth in a relationship and with someone. When you see flags that are like, okay, I can see that's going to be a problem for me down the road. If someone, let's say, someone's racist and you're not racist. Or someone's religious and you're not religious. Whatever it is, I can see that. I'm like, yeah, this is going to be a problem down the road. So I tend to move on maybe too early. But I see flags and say, okay, it's probably why I'm still single at this point. So, I mean, it's my own worst problem, probably. But I just think that having that idea or that mindset to know what you want, and if there's not, if those people don't have that, don't try and force them into your box.
1: Right. Right, except that they're in their own box and leave them on their way. And I, can I just say, I like how our this podcast has gone three hundred and sixty degrees full circle. In that we started with bagels, a bagel reference, and we've ended with a sandwich <laughs> metaphor. Brilliant! I want to do purely food-based metaphors all from right, now I can on. Do I it. Know, you know, I, can do
2: it was a, I went to cooking school, all so right. we can talk all food metaphors <laughs> if you want.
1: Well, you know what? Like I've, I always end with asking the same four questions, and they're not as sexy as your questions. And all I right. think I might, I might, um, might spice them up for next time, but. Uh, quickly, uh, what is the most romantic thing you've ever done for someone or that someone's done for you? Oh,
2: it's so funny. My romantic story was so romantic and it got so effed. Can I say it? Oh, it got so yeah, screwed, yeah, right? Yeah. I was cursing earlier. Swear. I don't know why as my radio mind kicked in. So, this was when I was in college. I think I was a, c- a senior or a junior in college and I was in love with this girl. Crazy in love. And... She, I think you can never be as intensely in love as you are when you're a kid right. cuz it's new emotions yes. you know and she was from another college she came to spend the weekend it was going to be our first time having sex like we've been Whoa. casually dating so i lived in like you know a dorm room with four other roommates or five other roommates at the time and the plan was we left to go to a restaurant halfway to the restaurant i say oh shit i forgot my wallet we got to go back to the room While we were gone for those 20 minutes, they converted my dorm room into a restaurant for two. We had printed up menus. I had someone playing a violin. I had a chef. I did the whole nine yards, right?
1: That's ridiculous. On the
2: way back... We got into a car accident and got rushed to the hospital. Her parents didn't know that she was there. They went, forbid us to ever talk to oh, each other no. again. Oh, It's like and Romeo
1: the, and Julia. Oh, no. Oh, the whole no. thing
2: went awry. And everyone was with five people were waiting there. My brother was in a suit as the maitre d'. And this was before cell phones, you know. So <laughs> they're all Little like, where, where the fuck is this guy? I never showed up again. They're all standing there with food and menus. Like, what the fuck? And it was like three hours later when I called from the hospital. Uh, the girl, Stacey, had a, had a concussion. And <sighs> it was just a shit show. And I really never we never dated again. That was the end of it.
1: Oh my god! <laughs> that's I mean that's like crazy, crazy. I mean, it was getting crazy anyway. Like the level of effort involved. I oh, like, yeah. Well, I was like, well done, young Ralph. That yeah. was like, that was very impressive. And then like the fluky. That was horrible. And I think yeah, I think sometimes. So you know what? It's a good example of best laid plans go to waste. Yeah, you it know was what? too like, much
2: anyway. I think it was too much, too soon.
1: Whatever. But. Yeah, but you know what? Life intervenes. Like yeah. I miss my. Get this. I was meant to be in America. For Three or four days earlier, mm-hmm. going to meet somebody in LA who I'd had a minor love affair with, mm-hmm. and I missed my flight. And it, but it wasn't—I didn't like miss it through being an idiot and like being late and drunk and hungover. And I literally—I got the tr- there was this major lockdown of central London mm-hmm. where the the police closed the roads. Wow. My taxi wasn't going anywhere. I was like, I couldn't have made that flight. If, unless I teleported. It was it's just impossible. And I'd been on the fence the whole way about, should I go? Because there's this guy in the UK I liked. Da, da, da. And in the end, life just went ahead and made made the decision for me. So another little lesson there, I think. Sometimes you can stress about what is the right decision to make. And you know what? You're a futile human being.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and something else will massively intervene. Um, one another question. Something that you didn't think when you were younger would be possible, but subsequently proved to be true.
2: Uh, Are we talking about in my life or technology? or what is this? your
1: personal life.
2: uh, Well, you know, working, I grew up loving rock and roll. You know, I mean, I was going to concerts. I used to have posters of all these bands that I was just in heaven with. And then you fast forward 20 years later and I'm like good friends with people that I worshipped. You know, the fact that like at one point... The singer of Whitesnake or this, the, the drummer of Motley Crue would call me and say, dude, I'm in town. Do you want to go out for a night? I remember thinking, this is crazy. Like If it was mm-hmm. 1989 when this happened, I'd be the coolest guy in the world in 2015, 2016. It's kind of funny, but it's just an interesting way that my life changed right. where I literally had posted the guys that I'm friends with now is amazing to me.
1: Right. I had some funny, some similar thing to that, I suppose, as well. With I said, as aforementioned, crushing on the music boys. Right. And then, and I also, I was a really, I've genuinely, I talk about this. I was, I was slash am, like a dorky girl. You know, I'm like a geeky, you don't have to tell me. geeky, bookish. I'm looking at that, I've like cut my thumb. This is really me. Um, I'm clumsy as hell. Uh, and in the past, that thought that like, Oh, little Haley from Cornwall, who was there reading a book, could then go and be hanging out with all these rock music people Mm. and, you know, going off to Ibiza. And obviously, in the end, I was like, this is rubbish. I'm going to go back to being original book-loving (laughs) Haley." But the fact I had those experiences was still like, what? Like, you know, (laughs) I don't think I was part of the cool group of people. Then you go, coolness sucks. But I understand that it's funny that sometimes you think that you're a million miles away from something and you can actually do these awesome things. Uh, Two more questions. I'm excited. Okay. A life hack. Which is a way of approaching life, or just a mindset, or a philosophy, or
0: hmm. something.
1: So it could be like um, if we had Martina in the studio today, she would say, um, "Who cares? Who cares?" That would be her. That would be her. Where IPEC. is she from, by the way? She's in the Czech Republic, okay. but she has lived in Lebanon, Bali, and a bunch of other places. It could have
2: been my my, my uh, smooth move. I've been to her country. That might have helped me get in her pants. But, uh.
1: <laughs> smooth move. <laughs> Hashtag smooth move.
2: Yeah, because... Um, oh, anyway, so let's see. A life hack. It's funny because I have food hacks a lot, but I don't have... Let me think about life hacks. Uh, I would say what I probably said earlier, which is uh, to not always get closure and just let things go, I think has yeah. made the change in my life tremendously. I think I found far more easy way to live by letting things go. There's a story that the day that this happened was I was dating a girl for about five months and it was a very passionate, you know, I slept at her house two or three days a week. She slept at my house two, three days a week. We were having sex all the time, like in restaurants. It was the most intense physical, you know, relationship I've ever had to this day. Nothing like that. And then we went away for a weekend on our way home. She gets a phone call. And she gets very weird and very quiet, and she leaves. I don't hear from her. She's like, I got to go. And then two days later, her husband calls me. Oh, man. And the opening line was, are you fucking my wife? And my answer was, I don't think so. Who's your wife? And he said her name. I was like, oh, well. And you're like,
1: how is that even physically possible? I didn't know. I was
2: amazed. Like, how did she hide this? I couldn't understand it. And I never got an answer. Because she never called me back. All that happened was him threatening my life, me having to go to the cops. It was a whole shit show. He said, I know your radio show. You're doing a live broadcast next week. I'm going to be there. I'm going to fucking stab you. It was crazy. And I kept trying to call her like, what the fuck? And she Uh wasn't answering the phone. And I was telling my mother. And she said, listen, what is she possibly going to tell you that's going to make anything right? Right. So just let it go. Right. And I stopped calling. And then like six months later, she called me. And she didn't have my number. And it was like, she, had, she called me at work. She knew my work number. And I, she said, Ralph, yeah. And it's her, I said, oh, my God. She said, I'm divorced now. And I realized that the most fun I ever had in my life, the happiest I ever was, were those five or six months with you. And I want to try and rekindle this. So I said, so you were really happy with me, huh? And she said, yeah. I said, wow, you really fucked up then. And I hung up the phone.
1: And then we've
2: never spoken since until on the last note, she called me a week ago. She had heard my show or something and emailed me and wants to meet up, which is hilarious. So I just think it's a very funny thing how things come full circle.
1: Yeah. And you know, I would say something with this. When it's done, it's done. Yeah. You know? And it's like sometimes if a trust is broken or bridges crossed, you know, just like go, it's really upsetting because sometimes you get your trust broken or something happens and it's kind of unexpected. And suddenly you go from being really intimate and emotionally connected to someone to having to go ooh, okay, this person has shown me an aspect of their character. They haven't changed. They've just shown you a different angle to themselves which reveals that you can never really be that intimate with them again. Right. And instead of trying to cling on in there and wrangle it around in your brain, I get like that closure thing, that going... Right, we've crossed that bridge now. And yeah. Just going. All right, then we're in a new reality where we're not that close, and that's difficult. But you're
2: going to hate when I say this right now. But I, whenever I start dating a girl, I date them with the thought that this could be the girl for me. I'm an, I'm looking to get married. I'd love to have kids. And then something happens, and I'll either like move on, or I'll say like, All right, well, this is just going to be for sex then, because this girl's in, you know this girl's not for me. And I'll make it clear that we're just going to be casual. But it's always they crossed a line where I'm like, Yeah, this is not going to be that girl. You know what I mean? And it just Changes everything.
1: I know, there's nothing hateful about that. Or okay,
2: well, just the fact I'm looking at a girl sexually and objectly. Well, sexually. you know, she
1: she could be looking at you sexually and objectly eh, as well. Hope. As long as you don't say object and as long yeah. as you're upfront about it. Let's I'm hope Martina gonna...
2: feels that way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um. Final question. Love. Sort of. I don't know if you want to double up on this one. It's a love hack, so a way of approaching love and sex and dating. Maybe it's something to do with being. Do you? Just, maybe it's about you being so candid and truthful. I will upfront. say this.
2: This is a big one for me. Is that. I think so many more men could get what they want just by asking. It amazes me how many times that has worked for me. Right. Just by saying, "Hey, you know what I'd really like if you did A, B, or C," and if you do it in a playful way, you know, one of the most successful. And I, I wrote an article about this on social underground. I call, I call them my Hail Marys. Like when things are just not going the right way, and you just want to try and bring, you know, bring it back, bring it back in. This text message has worked for me maybe 20 times in my life, which is texting a girl that maybe there hasn't been a great connection with for whatever reason, but you're very attracted to them. <clears throat> I text, what do you say tonight? We go out and get really drunk and whatever happens, we could blame on the alcohol with a smiley face. The amount of times that that's worked because the girl maybe just got broken up with her boyfriend, just got fired.
1: Knows that she, she acknowledges herself. She doesn't have that level of connection right. to you. Yeah, but there's then, a exactly. You're
2: opening it up to that. You know, there's so many, and, So many times I've gotten back, you know what, fuck it, let's go out. And then I end up sleeping with that girl. And it just came from basically just asking in a cute way.
1: Right, and here's what I would say to the women that are listening to this, same goes for you. You know what, if you have, because you know what, if you have the, this is what's happening. If you put your needs, wants, worldview first and you stay consistent and true to that and you communicate it in a way which isn't forceful or pressurizing towards the other person, it's just playful and tables the option, you'd be surprised how many times people actually listen to you and respond positively. Right. And
2: being upfront and honest, I think, is the thing that's missing in so much communication, whether it's male, female, female, whatever your uh, dynamic is. Just be honest. Just tell people what you want. You'd be amazed how much that will actually work for you.
1: Right. I like that. I like that a lot. Thank you. So look at this. I've gone from hate to love hate to. No one said that. Fucking know. Now I we're think, dating. Look at yeah. that. As <laughs> I say, I do, I do for what everything that I have to say, I like everything that you said on this whole podcast. Wow.
2: You should listen to uh, us on Chuck Nice's podcast because we <laughs> really didn't agree on Nice advice.
1: And I think on your show. And my, my website, show got
2: very heated. I really got heated. But in a fry, I like that. If you are. Bringing your uh, perspective intelligently, I love not agreeing. I think that's fine. You're not. If everyone agreed, it would be such a boring world.
1: Yeah, I have to say, you have to. Everyone's watching this. You have to watch that show if you want to see me. I wouldn't say get angry, but I, I can. Oh, I
2: can um, your uh, your girlfriend, Miss Skirt Club, definitely Genevieve definitely got angry.
1: I, I think I got assertive because I can, like, I can stand my ground. You got assertive. Saying, she
2: got angry because she started saying just things to be like malicious, as opposed to saying things to express your point. You know what I'm saying? There's a big difference to sell. Not that she said this, but if you argue with someone and then the person says, "Well, you're fat and ugly," that is not bringing anything to the point. You're just trying to attack. <laughs> but you were bringing up points, maybe in an assertive way, but you were still bringing up points.
1: Oh well, they were I hope this is. If you're watching this, you got to watch this. See a different <laughs> aspect to me. Uh, where can they find that show and your show generally? Well,
2: me everywhere on anything social media. It's at I am Ralph Sutton. So whether it's IamRalphSutton.com. On Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, everywhere it's I am Ralph Sutton. I believe in uniformity, which you do not have.
1: I know. It's really annoying. Well, I've got Haley Quinn on Twitter, which I've had for ages. And then on Instagram, I joined the party a bit late and got at Haley Quinn X. And, right. you know, and, Hayley-
2: and your YouTube is Haley Quinn XX or something. Right. You need because to find I'm, symmetry, woman.
1: I'm trying. Well, you know, maybe I'm one of these asymmetrical people. And you know what I have to say with the person who's got Instagram, and I say this on like every podcast, Haley Davis. With your private account and your 200 followers. Did she not
2: accept your friendship?
1: No, I've been trying to friend her. So I, I'd, I'd give her some money or something if I could do it. I, just, I would really like that Instagram handle. It's like, great. I plead. That's I plead. For I'm sure it.
2: if you offered her some cash, she'd do it. But she it, won't right? even
1: let me follow that her. That is
2: hilarious. She won't even I love let that. me follow her. I have a guy that's t- I'm gonna, You
1: know I'm going to try again right now. I used it,
2: to have ralphsutton.com. And then this produ- like music producer in, like, Iowa, the, it was, it was uh, available for, like, three days, and he took it. So that's why I made everything at I Am Ralph Sutton. The SDR show you could find everywhere also at The SDR Show. So whether it's the uh, thesdrshow.com, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, it's all The SDR Show. And then you could find The SDR Show on anywhere you consume social, um, i sorry, consume podcasts. That's hilarious. Try and follow again. <laughs> I have.
1: I'm, I'm going to follow again. Uh, I'm going to try and follow again. So this is to be noted, people. I'm now trying to follow at Haley Quinn, on Instagram. Well,
2: we're videoing this too, so you can show it
1: for the third for the yeah. third time. That's hilarious. To say please, please, and I. I, I don't, Why don't you I don't try and
2: find her on Facebook? And I'd be send a message? She's got a
1: really common name, though. Oh, that's so true. It's like, but I'm it's... sure
2: you could figure it out. Also, by the way, the thing that just happened to our show that I'm very happy about yeah. the SDR show is 1,000 podcasts were handpicked from Spotify. To be in Spotify. And we were picked as one of the 1,000, and it just started. So they don't, it's not, hard, it's hard to find. Like they don't have a podcasting section, but if you use Spotify, which almost everyone does these days, you could just type in the SDR show and we'll come up and one of only 1,000 podcasts. That's amazing. Yeah, I'm very happy about that. I
1: like that. And of course, if you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening to one of my podcasts, whether it's Attraction HQ or Love HQ, because I'm doubling this episode up because it's been powerful and good and awesome, you know. This is my sympathy thing. Mini violin. Uh, I do this for free. So you know what? If you like it, if you like my message about dating and love and you think the advice is actually pretty all right and not complete rubbish and junk which most dating advice is that plays on your fears and teaches you to be a like a needy weedy person instead if you think what we've said is sensible and good you have to subscribe you have to share you can also find me on let me think let me say i said on twitter at Haley quinn on instagram as Haley quinn x unless i win this recent lobbying thing <laughs> and then on youtube as Haley quinn XX. So there's always an X in there somewhere.
2: But at least on your hayleyquinn.com, I I imagine you had the links to everything, right?
1: I do do have the links to everything. And I have to say, if you are a lady and would like to hear more about my approach, as you can see, it's a bit more kick-ass than most of that. Get the guy dating advice that's out there. I name no names. Um, You can head to hayleyquinn.com forward slash real love. And I've got some awesome videos on there. And for the guys, if you go to hayleyquinn.com forward slash her mind, I'm gonna be giving you an insight into the female psychology and actually some tips on how to handle things like the scenario you mentioned earlier, which is she doesn't get back to you or she cancels on your message. You know, helpful life strategy. Very simple. Send a dick pic, she'll
2: respond immediately.
1: <laughs> <laughs> As I said, they're not photogenic, Ralph. They're not photogenic. <laughs> I'm a big, I,
2: the last thing I was saying I had to spend three months talking to one of my friends out of doing that because he would always send them after one date. I'm like, oh, dude, no, no girl no. wants to see this. Stop no, it. No,
1: no, no. They don't. Yeah, that's our last piece of advice. That could be our love and life hack. Don't send dick pics. Ever. Ever. Unless
2: you're just looking to pick up other dudes.
1: Right. Also, awesome. well, on that bombshell, I'll end the podcast. <laughs> and thank you again so much for having me.
2: Well, for having me. Hey.
1: Woo-hoo. Thanks.